Welcome one and all to another episode of Left Turn Canada. Andy Burkowski, Christo Avalis here, and I'm really excited to really dive into the sure to be competitive and interesting, you know, marketplace of ideas that will be the Ontario NDP leadership race. Because, you know, I really, it's Christo, I'm really looking forward to some left candidates coming in there. And even if they don't win, like I get it, maybe they'll be a little tough, but getting their voices heard, maybe moving the needle a little bit. And oh, what's that? What's that, Chris? Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apparently, there's there's not going to be a leadership race. I mean, I'm I'm surprised to be honest. Yeah, it's a bit wild, eh? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, a few factors. It's just normally there's there's m at least a couple people running for these sorts of things, especially you know when the party is strong, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like a lot of people ran, for example, back in 2012, 2013, whatever it was. Uh, for the NDP leadership, the federal, mm -hmm. right? Well, you know, after Jack passed away and the party had, you know, record amounts of seats, uh, had this big base in Quebec, obviously had, um, you know, this, this, um, this momentum, official opposition for the first time ever. There was a real sense, I felt at least, and a lot of people did, that maybe the NDP could win the next election, right? And they probably, yeah. and they could have because during that election there were there were in there were you know intervals where they were polling in first place and so when you add that all together like there was a lot of people running and you could see a lot of similarities here right you know official opposition except twice in a row here right like the ndp you know finished second twice in a row in ontario mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um you know and the liberal party is weaker here than they are federally right the the, the federal liberals never lost party status uh, they maintained, uh, uh, you know, a lot of their their bigger names, uh, you know, the all, all of that kind of kept them together. And, uh, you know, you'd think that, OK, there's a there's a lot to, to win here, just like from a, even just from a like a personal basis. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if you're an ambitious politician. Uh, and so I expected time, yeah. multiple people run multiple people to run and, you know, a mixture of like the more, quote unquote, progressives, more, quote unquote, moderates. Maybe people running from regional perspectives or or what have you, uh, and it just didn't happen. Like kind of one after one, a bunch of people that we all kind of expected slash hoped would run came out and said they weren't going to. We, you know, Matthew yeah. Green. Some people wanted him to jump down. He said no. Uh, Joel Harden uh, said, you know, just with his children and their age, he just can't. He can't do it right now, and he's focused on, you know, being a good representative in Ottawa. And then you know, even kind of people that are more, you know, maybe more quote unquote moderate like Catherine Fife and, and other people that, that a lot of people felt could could be, at least from just from a purely objective basis, had leadership potential. Jill Andrew decided yeah, not to. Yeah, yeah. well, exactly. A lot of these people were considering it, and it's just no one no one else took the plunge. And Merritt didn't even jump in particularly early. Mm -hmm. You know, she, it's not like she announced, you know, a week after, but she came in relatively early. Um and and maybe maybe she was just able to kind of through a uh, persuasion and maybe just building up momentum maybe getting a lot of volunteers maybe it was felt that it would not be feasible to beat her maybe people uh, are happy with her too that could be a part of it mm -hmm. that you know if everyone is is satisfied with her as leader and there's no feeling that it's an existential crisis that she's leader then that might create like a different kind of scenario as well right yeah she didn't come out as strong as i would have thought to have this sort of outcome you know you you yeah. think about different leaders that at least if they did come out early they had a real message or a real personality or, or something in the term of politics that we could get around and see but she really just kind of seemed like a, a pretty good just all-around politician like absolutely yeah Merritt Stiles will be one to talk about I wonder who else will be there it does make me question some of the more and again Twitter is increasingly not real life but some of the more vocal you know real leftist or at least progressive Andy peers uh NDP politicians that operate on Twitter that aren't making that choice to actually run for leadership it does make me wonder about this process you know we we asked our community if they had a question one of the resounding questions about this was whether or not if we think and if you think Christo that what happened here was perhaps similar of what happened in BC of the party establishment sort of rallying around one figure and in BC of course it was much more you know direct and some would even say criminal and we talked about that a lot but here it just seems like 
someone made a choice or some group made a choice that Merritt was the one. And I don't necessarily think it was like the constituents that did this or the, you know, the, I, I, it feels like leadership had something to do with this. What, what's your take on that? I, I don't think it's analogous to BC. Okay. All right. I don't, I don't No. Very, very, very much. So I don't think this is comparable to BC. Who knows if that would have happened if, again, somebody ran. But, like, the analog people were hoping to see was sitting MPs and MPPs running against her. Mm -hmm. And while the party establishment, quote unquote, or certain organized groups in the province that have sway on the party that maybe want a quote unquote more establishment pick, or maybe they don't, but like they have their desires. Maybe those people can put their thumbs on the scale and, and do so quite heavily. But at the end of the day, I think there's a difference between, you know, one person seemingly coalescing uh, the establishment, whatever you want to call it around them versus what happened in BC, which is the, they tried to do that a grassroots member, somebody from well within the party that remember they tried to smear yeah. her as not being a real NDP here, but somebody who didn't hold elected office, although they did run and very nearly won in the previous federal election in BC, uh, signed up a whole bunch of members and basically they got caught flat footed. There, mm -hmm. there was no such thing here. And, and I don't think, for example, if sitting MPPs ran against them, ran against her, there would be the, the situation you would, you had in BC. Now, maybe mm -hmm. if a, if somebody like that tried to do that in Ontario, maybe the party would have done that. We don't know, right? But uh, they didn't, uh, and I, I don't think that was the main issue. Uh, there, I think it was more maybe more of an issue of the, the fundraising cap. $50,000 was maybe seen as prohibitive to some people. Mm -hmm. uh, although, you know, because it's fundraising, it's like, well, you know, you, if you can organize, you can fundraise the money. And one of your jobs as leader, one of your jobs of, of being able to compete with Doug Ford, not the only thing, of course, but, you know, the conservatives raise a ton of money. And if you want to compete, you know, with Doug Ford, if you want to go toe to toe with the conservatives, you're going to have to raise money. And, you know, one of the things you can demonstrate in a leadership race, at least potentially, is your ability to fundraise. Because yeah. it's not just about ideas. You're also like responsible for for the party in some ways i know you hire people to do that and the party hires people to do that but like like that's an important part of the job right mm -hmm. um and as of right now it like it doesn't seem um like that like like maybe other people felt they they they, they could hit that cap or again it could be that a variety of people with personal uh you know time frames in their life it just didn't work or they, maybe maybe they're fine with merit. We don't know, but I I, I wanted to see a leadership race. Yeah. But I don't think this was a BC NDP scenario. It's yeah. just it's okay. not the same. It's yeah. not the same. I I do think it was like, in a sense a mistake that that the party didn't end up with a leadership race. And I think in the future maybe they should try to create conditions that balance the need to you know stress candidate viability, both mm. like you know so you just don't have it just anybody running. Uh, just for funsies, but also <laughs> making it accessible so that people can run and can, you know, test the waters a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, it's not even comparable in the United States, Like, I, but, you know, like, their, their primary process, they start with small states, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Barack Obama said, you know, starting with Iowa and New Hampshire gave me a chance against Hillary Clinton. They started mm -hmm. with big states, or if all the primaries were done on one day, I never would have been able to beat Hillary Clinton because people didn't think I could win until I beat her a few times and was able to convince people in the party and blah, blah, blah. And maybe the problem with, the, maybe we need a process that allows for people that are sort of on the fence to run more effectively because Merritt was in and we all knew she was going to run. And I think like I was 100% on her. I wasn't quite 100% on anybody else. But maybe for whatever reason, she was able to meet the targets. Other people weren't. Now, that's yeah. a big like strike in her favor. That's a big check mark in her favor. Because if she's able to meet the, the parameters, then that's one of the things that maybe marks her as a potential potentially good leader, mm -hmm. right? And things like that. But then again, it depends that you is that the are those the criteria uh, that you want to judge your next leader on? Yeah. 
Right. And I think that is is the key here. Like the reason that we wanted an actual leadership race here wasn't necessarily just to, you know, flex the muscles of democracy, but to actually see if, you know, some more progressive and even leftist candidates or or figures could move the needle a little bit, could have success even despite, you know, these perhaps harsh parameters that would eliminate them or not not allow them to succeed, but would succeed on a provincial level. If we actually see them, like at the very least, that could happen. At the very best, I think those sort of individuals can move the conversation and at least let it know that some in the caucus do want some pretty, you know, leftist ideals and to make that come to Ontario. So I, I do wonder about, Merit styles, you know, I, I took a look because she's definitely not. Uh, I I wouldn't peg her just judging by my understanding. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think she's right of the NDP. I think she she seems pretty tried and true. You know, her priorities during her leadership campaign were urgent climate action, true reconciliation, good jobs and opportunities for all, which is about income inequality, renewing our democracy, which. Was interesting. I don't know if I would put that in my top five. And then at the end, public education, strong and caring communities, disability support, you know, mental health support there at the end. But starting strong with climate change, you know, based on your understanding of what she'd done, she seems like a, you know, kind of a typical uh, Ontario politician, you know, had some executive jobs, uh, you know, did homework really, really well and has been a career politician for a while now. Do you think Merritt Stiles could you know, bring us a more leftist or even progressive NDP moving forward um, based on what we've seen? I mean, I think she probably is more willing to do that work than the previous leader. Just that's that's my instinct. Okay. But I wouldn't say like, for example, I wouldn't put her on the quote unquote right of the party, but nor would I put her, you know, with Harden and everything necessarily. Yeah. Um, it seems like she's very adept and this could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your perspective at like, being where the party is and mm-hmm. that could be a good thing because like if the party can can move in a good direction she might she might be she might not be stubborn and, and actually follow along and sort of like you know work with the party you know she's the leader but the leader isn't an autocrat the leader is you know somebody that helps guide the party but is also guided by the party right um mm-hmm. i my my feeling is that there's the opportunities there uh, you know, mm-hmm. with the with the the platform, I mean, like, who knows, right? We'll have to actually see what the platform looks like because that was probably designed with the e- expectation of maybe having a challenger. We actually have yeah. to see what actual party <laughs> platforms and what she does when she becomes leader. I think that'll be more indicative at this point. I mean, but no, I mean, look, we did miss a leadership contest. Like whatever you think of Merritt, and 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 I'm I I rather like Merritt, especially on a personal basis, uh, mm-hmm. and I found m- much to agree with with her work over the last few years uh, and she was one of the more effective shadow cabinet ministers, you know, holding yeah, education critic, yeah, right? like holding Leche to account, mm-hmm. which is of course one of the biggest portfolios and one of the most fraught in the last really before COVID even, but especially yeah. after COVID uh, and during COVID, we're not even after COVID, but you know, after the, the main swath of the pandemic and in this quote unquote post pandemic period, education's basically been, you know, one of the two big issues along with healthcare, right? And then, mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely get a, a sense that, like, she, from a technical perspective, is prepared for the job and would, would be one of the best people at that job it, it, running, like, from, from, a, from a, like, technical mm-hmm. perspective. But I think we needed a leadership race. You need leadership races for a few reasons. One, they, they, there's, like, there's a benefit to the party. Party raises money. Party signs mm. up members, which helps the party raise money. Uh, all of that is good. More media attention, more coverage. You get like you know, you get like some news cycles. You get a debate, multiple debates probably. You get to have events all over the province. You get a big, uh, uh, you know, there's not convention. You know, the votes happen online probably, but you get a big convention where you can have this big speech and it's this big moment to introduce the new leader to the province. You know, that's something that we're not going to get. I mean, yeah, there's going to be, she'll probably be introduced at some kind of convention or, or what have you, but it's not the same when it's an acclamation. I mean, even Pierre Polyevre, we knew he was going to win. We knew it. Like there was, there was, but you still had to show it. And he got to demonstrate not only that he won, but he won big, gave this big speech. Everyone watched it. It got a lot of coverage. 
you know, yeah. you know, all of that. I had right? to push them on certain things. You know, we had some more, you know, center uh, conservative candidates that had to make him say stuff. Well, exactly. That, you and know, I, everyone else can hold him to account yeah. for. And that's like the second the second thing, too, is like we need to have two kinds of discussions. One is like on the organizational side. How do we m- fix this 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 mess? And then from a from a uh, political side, how do we fix this mess? Like from an ideological side, like so, how does the party better organize? How do we, you know, organize our voters? How do we organize our volunteers? How do we not alienate our voters and our volunteers? How do we deal with the fact that a lot of people got pushed aside, people that wanted to run for the NDP, that you know weren't vetted and stuff? And you know, sometimes there are legitimate reasons, but it did feel that maybe this time there were a few edge cases that were definitely. Um, you know, they were pushed out, whether it was just for ideological purposes or because someone else was, was going to run and they liked that person better. These sorts of things happen mm-hmm. or at least are perceived to have happened, um, and create all of these issues. I definitely think that, you know, uh, we need to have a discussion about the big one is like, why did, cause the, like, uh, vote totals were down, but we were the party that lost the most votes. Like the mm-hmm. liberals and greens, basically, they didn't lose votes. They didn't really gain a whole lot of votes, but the liberals and the greens kind of kept their vote totals. The conservatives did lose voters, but we lost by far the most. Like the reason why we lost all the seats we did was because hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of voters that voted for us didn't vote. I mean, some of them switched, yeah. but mostly they just didn't vote. So the drop mm-hmm. in turnout was hit us hard. And so we have to ask ourselves why us like there were general drops in turnout but that's not an excuse one and two uh, even even if there were excuses why did we get hit harder than the other parties like yeah, yeah. that's like it I, i'm really surprised that that is not being brought up more you know i've well, there well is one been, of the reasons you would have a leadership contest is maybe it would yeah. be is maybe it would be right <laughs> the how essential that is though like if, if that is really what we're saying like that is really the stuff that will bring about the death of this sort of party. Like the NDP is in a position here that they haven't been in a very, very long time. And the fact that there was this transition, that there was such just a, an apathetic shift. And you're going to answer that by not even trying to figure out exactly what, you know, Ontarians want and trying to make sure that we have a really, really hard and fast, you know, forged and iron sort of candidate and leader that will be strong to bring those people back. Then you're just kind of, you know, monitoring the status quo. Like it does feel like it's a bigger, worse decision than it seems when actually looking at the numbers here, because I was just looking at it in terms of like, yeah, we need these new ideas. But if you consider the loss of how the NDP has lost in the last election and the the way in which they did, if the next leader isn't already strong and already tested, then what are you telling people that didn't vote for you? Are you telling them, you know, we're going to change, we're going to figure out what is wrong what, well, it's why difficult you didn't to tell them enthused. anything right i mean like that's yeah. the thing. so like i mean that's one of the things right you could have a debate right and have a real discussion and maybe merit has the right answer or part of the right yeah, answer absolutely and then but like have a discussion why did we fail to energize voters was it ideology mm-hmm. was it organization obviously it's not going to be 100 one thing and one thing only but like like why did this happen and then once we sort of understand that, we can build a little bit better. Now we don't have that opportunity in this case because there's no leadership race. That is a lost opportunity, right? What, what do you think then some of these progressive names that we've said, the fact they didn't make this choice, knowing that it could maybe not help them personally if they are, you know, do have a certain level of ambition, if they wouldn't have won, but could have helped the party as a whole do the things that we just talked about here and maybe, you know, energize and answer some of those questions. The fact they didn't do this, I don't know, it, it, it kind of shows to me a, a a lack of responsibility. Maybe I'm missing something here, but w- what's your take? I I don't want to judge not that much individuals right. <laughs> in that sense. I don't necessarily think that's like fair, especially because like we don't know. We don't know if they have really big family issues. We don't know mm. if they have health issues. We don't know any of that. And so right now, I I don't think that's a fair thing to 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 decide right like Mm -hmm. i don't think that's necessarily fair to go to people and say 
um, you know, you know, you didn't run. It's your fault. You've ruined this party. Blah blah blah. I don't know though. It, it seems so fun though. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but I do think I mean I do think there was it was a mistake though, in a sense that yeah. like and, and maybe that's maybe that's a collective thing that like no one else ran, but it could also be a mistake from the party or what and maybe and some people suggest it wasn't a mistake but a purposeful choice, but it could be an error by the party to, to have set up this the scenario the way they did, right? Mm-hmm. And by doing it that way, um they've created a scenario where you're not going to get a leadership race. You don't get the extra fundraising. You don't get the extra media attention. You don't get members mm-hmm. signed up. You don't get people organizing and getting used to organizing. You yeah. don't get any ready of that. to volunteer getting set up in that system. You know, well, exactly. Like, you don't get any of that. And so, um, I think that that's a real, real issue. And, you know, one of the things you could look at a leadership race, um, about or for is like, if you're looking to energize volunteers and train volunteers, uh, and, 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 you know, paid staff that can work on campaigns and people that can work for your party. One of the ways you can identify that talent maybe is through leadership races, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, you know, because, you know, they, they can, they can, they can help people find all sorts of talent and because lots of people are going to run from different parts of the party and from different demographics and from different regions and communities, you'll find more talent because you know, the kind of person that supports merit might not be the kind of person that supports blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, merit being located primarily in Toronto. She might've had more Toronto supporters, but what if you could galvanize people in the North or in Ottawa through a candidate that's running, from those reasons, the swath yeah. of the, you know, the 905 that you just shifted in a way that, you know, perhaps we didn't expect in those those kind of suburban areas, not to have one person that was from there or, or working there to say, you know, let's let's build this up. It just it does seem like a lost opportunity. But I, I do want to point out what you said, like you can't force these people to make this choice. So I, I, I was being a little glib before with that. No, no, I but suppose, I mean, I do think, like, I don't know what the, yeah. but, but I, I get what you're saying. I don't think you're being like, like rude or anything necessarily. <laughs> I just think it's, it's really is something where it's like, I don't know what the answer is. Because, maybe they think they can do it after she's leader. Like we maybe, can, but maybe, I don't know. There is that party line, right? So, but like, I just, I wonder if, you know, she, it was a mixture of things. She got out early. She was a strong candidate. Everyone thought she was going to run. Um, she might've been building these relationships with the MPPs and stuff over the last few years. And she's built mm-hmm. up a lot of effective relationships. Like I'm not, you know, I know a lot of these people at least somewhat, but like, uh, you know, they, I, I don't know them there. I'm not friends with any of them on a, on a personal basis. And I don't know like the personal workings of the MPPs and how they relate to one another. But like that could be part of it. Like I, I really don't know. But the mm-hmm. point is, I do think it was a missed opportunity. And I don't know. Yeah. Like, look, I don't like whether the party wanted it this way. Whether they wanted merit and only merit. Whether they wanted merit and maybe one or two other people. But those one or two people didn't run, and so they they're like they're fine with merit. Like I don't know uh, whether yeah. what, what unions wanted what. You know what I mean? Like, did some unions want merit and only merit? Did some unions? want a contested race because they saw the benefits and, you know, we're just kind of not really wedded to any person, but just wanted to con like, I don't know. But what I do know is, is my view is that this is an opportunity lost. And like, mm. you know, I think Merritt would have probably been a favorite and odds are maybe she would have won because she was so quick on organizing. She might've been able to win the race and build support and, and be a candidate that could unite various factions of the party. And if such is the case, you know, in a kind of, ranked ballot system, right? You know, that's where you mm-hmm. got to get to 50% plus one. Um, you know, that's important, right? You know, you, you, it's not just about winning the yeah. first ballot with 15, 20% to being able to win on the second or third or fourth ballot if necessary, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we don't, we won't know that. And it's not that this dooms merits, merits, um, leadership hopes, Yeah, but of course not. you know, it's, it would have been an inter first test. I think it would have been an interesting opportunity to introduce her to the party and to the province and again, I think like just like we could have an open discussion about what went wrong, uh, what, 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 what we did well in some cases, but also what went wrong, but also like the direction of the party's future. And yeah. you can have those discussions outside a leadership race, but they really often are these, these big moments 
not just within the NDP, but within within a lot of parties, right? You know, mm -hmm. like the, the conservatives had these debates, you know, like in the post Harper era, like, you know, in that first they tried to go with quote unquote moderate, you know, relatively moderates, <laughs> right? They tried sheer and then they went even a little bit more moderate. And then they kind of rejected that and they went with Polyevra, who at least on economic terms and stuff is just, you know, he's going to push a more ideological line. Um, and he's, you know, friends with, you know, some, some unsavory groups or at least is tolerable <laughs> of them. And they've had that debate as a party, right? And they had lots of yeah. people, you know, that when, when, when to replace Harper, they had a lot of people ran. I think they had like, you know, it was like a dozen people. And in the next yeah. couple, they had like four people run. And yeah, maybe, maybe it wasn't that competitive really, but especially this for the last time, but they still had a contest and Polyevra yeah. was able to really sign up a lot of people. And raise a lot of money, um, which, you know, like if you look at one of the reasons why the conservatives signed up so many people, it's that Paul Ever came out and it, the race wasn't competitive in the end, but he knew people were going to run against him and they did. And he knew he just wanted to win this clean. And so he um, signed up a whole bunch of people, like a mm -hmm. record number of people. Right. It was really quite impressive, just purely objectively. Um, and an obscene amount of money too that he was able to raise, if I recall. Yeah, well, exactly. Yes, yeah, you, ra just... you raise a ton of money, and you you uh, you raise a ton of money, and you do all of that. It's it's a big deal. Yeah. I wonder if you know this kind of this move, and again, if it's not you know this is just one individual that was trying to win, believe they could, you know, had a infrastructure in place. I, like you said, had a little bit of profile because she was often in the news being like, holy fuck, did you hear what Lecce said? Like, that's that's crazy. We need to do a lot better. So there was a yeah. little bit more awareness like that. That all makes sense. And I understand why. And it's definitely not her responsibility to have to push herself in that, you know, instance. But for me, I think if we would have had any of the people that we mentioned before, you know, the Hardens, Jill Andrews, someone like that, that came out and said, you know, how are you going to beat or win back or beat Doug Ford without changing some of the core principles that are at the NDP? What will you do differently? Well, if we don't uh, hear yeah, exactly. that yep. from a leader, like I, I just, I feel like we, we lost an opportunity for people like you and I to get excited about the NDP and what's going forward. This does not get people like you and I excited. And I can't imagine I mean, yeah. what this does I mean, for look, other people. Like, like it just... Look, and none of this, again, I, I just, I can't stress this enough. Maybe Merritt had those answers, but we, we yeah, don't know. Absolutely. And I, mean, like, I know she has a plan on her website, but I think like, it's not a, it's not a full platform and, a lot of that probably would have been fleshed out either because she would, you know, if the camp as the campaign went forward and they got closer to debates, they would release policy platforms and things like that. Like Singh and all the other candidates did that for the 2017. You know, Singh released his prospective mm -hmm. tax plan. A lot of what a lot of it made it into the platform. You know, Nikki Ashton had a lot of policy on public ownership. Like I'm sure, but like you know. A lot of that would have happened. And maybe again, maybe she had the right answers, but we just, we don't, yeah. we don't, we don't know. And I do think that's a, that's a concern. I really do. Now, ultimately this can be overcome. Uh, Merritt can still do that work. She must do that work. I think what she probably should do. And she, she, she visited Kingston and she visited a lot of communities, but I still think she should spend some time almost as if she's still campaigning to be leader. Um, mm. I don't know if that's maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but like, I think like going to people it, 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 with the kind of tone that you're still trying to win their, their confidence mm -hmm. because yes, to a degree, I think it, there is an argument you can make that with as many MPPs as we have, we have 30 some, a lot of them are very accomplished, very ambitious, very intelligent, mm -hmm. very talented people that represent, uh, it largely the diversity of this province. Yeah. That none of them ran. You, we could say that's bad. And it, I think it, you know, is less than ideal, but that could be a vote of confidence and merit. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, that, but, but the caucus, yes, even the people we like, like Joel are not the people, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? The caucus yeah, are not the they're people. They're not the people. <laughs> and so the people didn't get a vote. Right. They didn't. Yeah. And like, I guess like the leadership can maybe we'll have like, I don't know if they'll, they'll, they'll have a convention where, you know, like you have a leadership convention and you get to vote on whether or not you want the leader to, to continue, blah, 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 all those sorts of mm. things. I don't know if we're going to get one of those. Like we're like, 
uh, before Merritt even, like if at the first convention she already faces a leadership review, I don't know how that works, right? But like, yeah. I definitely think um, that she needs to earn um, that 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 confidence, right? Yeah, just to even answer but the like, stuff we're talking I mean, about here. But there's like encouraging you know? things. Like, look, I I, I don't want to give specifics. But well, well, Crystal, just really quickly, it does make a little bit of concern that one of her chief concerns, like if you look at strengthening her party, the thing that she wants to do the most on her website is about expanding internal democracy and making changes to make the systems of government more democratic. Yet you have a coronation win where there's a standing ovation when you walk in, when you didn't have anyone against you. I mean, like to be fair, though, a little wrong to be fair, though, to merit in that case. It's not her job to have other people. But it's a bad look. It's a bad look. But it's not her job, right? And I mean, some of these things, it's like some of these priorities are clearly designed for the expectation that maybe there was going to be a leadership race. Because like that's kind of inside. Or like electoral reform, right? Like electoral, I I think Mm -hmm. we should talk about that more. But I think that's the kind of issue that matters to the public, but doesn't matter as the number one issue to many people. But would matter to a lot of people that would vote in an NDP leadership race. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm, and so it's like, it's, you know, think, so, you know, some of these things are like, what, how much of that platform is her preparing to make a party platform? And how much of that was her preparing a leadership con- contest argument that she didn't ultimately need because there was no, there was no, there was no actual contest. Right, man. Very, very and interesting. So, so anyway, sorry, continue with your, no. So, I mean, what, what, what was I saying? <laughs> I know I, I took it yeah. right out of you there yeah. the the wind out uh, of I your think sails what, what we were saying something about uh like the the leadership con like I, I don't know I, I definitely think she needs to do that one thing oh yeah I remember now one thing I'll say is that on a very personal basis and I don't know if I hope I'm not telling tales out of school Merritt if you end up listening to this I'm sorry if telling tales out of school here but like you Certainly. know dur- during during her time as an MPP before she became leader uh, she was often a person I could reach out to, uh, just, you know, DMing on Twitter and things like that, to be to be kind of like, I don't like how this is going. I don't like <laughs> this particular thing from Central. And, like, not in a, like, I'm mad at you sort of way, but just, like, I need yeah. to reach out to people. And on more than a few occasions, uh, she would agree with me. And on more than a few occasions... Uh, she made it clear that they were taking steps, whether or not they were always successful, uh, to to remedy them. God, I, okay, I'm going to say this. I'm saying it. Um, when they, remember when Andrea for like three hours took like the the inter, like kind of took the anti-vax position. Do you remember this? We talked, yeah, bit, yeah. And she like kind of took like the, the workers' rights, and I get it. Look, like I mean, Jeremy Corbyn has that position. I, I don't like it, but like I, I understand the philosophy behind it in a vacuum. But Andrea took the we don't want to take away workers' rights thing with the vaccine, and then this caused this massive revolt. Twitter blew up because anybody that would ever consider voting NDP largely supports the vaccine mandates. At least they did at that point. Blah blah blah. And you know, uh, I sent a DM to Merritt. Uh, being like, this is political poison. We're gonna get crushed over this. She needs to. She needs to retract this. And she said, mm-hmm. like, we're working on it. And lo and behold, I think it was that day or the next day that Andrea put out like a short video and was like, you know, basically, uh, like, I I changed my mind. Right. I feel like I can <laughs> tell that story now. You know, Andrea is. Yeah. And and, and I'm happy to see it. Mayor of Hamilton and Merritt is the new leader. But I think that's just an example of her having a certain level of approachability. Now, I don't know if that's feasible for everybody, but that's, that's certainly my experience. And I thought that's very encouraging yeah. that somebody that I can, that I can reach out to on a personal basis and, uh, uh, you know, it, it will l- listen to my critiques of the party in good faith. Um, and, and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, if, uh, if, if, if that will continue, but I, I certainly know, that that was an encouraging sign. And that was one of the reasons why just from a, you know, from, you know, what ideology is like a big question. We don't know how merit ideology ideologically would stack up because we didn't get to see it. Say versus say a contest, say it was one-on-one merit versus Joel Harden. Uh, you know, I probably would have supported Joel. I'll be honest, but like, I don't Mm -hmm. know what the ideological debate would have looked like. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. 
I don't know what the chasm would be. I don't. I. I we 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 don't really know. But the yeah. but like on a personal basis, I think that uh, I I have a lot to like there. But I still think I would I would have liked the leadership contest because the party deserved one and and needs one. And even what you said there is maybe a testament to one of the reasons why she was able to to win and no one decided to go up against her. Perhaps she is, you know, this this affable superhero that can work with others and is willing to listen to Christo, you know, dropping in her DM saying, I think this is a good idea. Maybe that type of way that she operates is why she had all this support internally. Like maybe and that's a good thing. I think if you want a leader that will listen, that this is, you know, an anecdotal uh, story of perhaps a leader who will listen. So I, I, I do think that it could have been a lot worse. I do really like that, you know, she that story made me feel a lot better, Christo. I want to be honest. So I, I, I'm happy about that. But I guess, yeah, if you had to to close that out, how would you rate? What do you think? Do you think this is how much of a plus? How much of a minus is this? What do you think of the future of the NDP? I mean, I, the future, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know if the Ontario Liberals... Worse, the Ontario though. Liberals just... I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to call them dead, but, like, the federal Liberals, they took that beating, but then came right back four years later, right? Like, they yeah. took that historic beating. The Liberal Party had never taken a beating like that. The federal Liberals. But four mm-hmm. years later, they were back to a majority government and have been in power since, right? Yeah. Uh, and never lost party status. These Ontario Liberals took massive beatings. Their fundraising never recovered. They, uh, they made a bad choice for leader. Uh, their leader lost With all of the support of the media behind them. Yeah, too, yeah, a lot the of they they still got treated as a as, as they like. I don't I, I don't think it's fair to say they got more coverage than the NDP, but often it seems like they got equivalent coverage despite the fact that yeah. they they you know if the NDP had eight seats and the Liberals were official opposition, the uh, coverage would not be as equivalent as it was. But but yes, yeah, no, the Del Duca coverage was yeah. wild during considering he didn't even win. Like it was wild. Yeah. The, the little quips that he would say that got access and and play, knowing now that he just was not a loser and not going to make it was is really sickening to me but anyways go ahead yeah so i mean i definitely think in that sense um you know i think the future there's a potential there that the ndp can solidify itself as the as the the uh the the, one of the two parties in this province like like we see in other in other in other provinces Uh, i think merit i think merit will be an improvement over andrea I, I, I feel yeah. that whether it's, uh, you know, an improvement, both in the sense that she's better overall or just, you know, Andrea had been leader for a very long time and, you know, achieved some pretty big victories. But ultimately, I think her time was done and we just need someone new. And, you know, uh, you know, I don't think uh, by the end, maybe uh, Andrea, like, look, I feel like she, her heart wasn't as in it in 2022, yeah. 2018. Her heart was in that campaign, made mistakes, still could have done better, uh, some key errors. All of that, she was like... Remember those debates? Like, she should have been hitting the stuff Ford was saying so hard that he was a criminal and a murderer, and we didn't see that. I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see a bit more of that righteous anger from Merritt. Like, we saw her Mm -hmm. give it to Lecce, and I think that's probably going to continue, except this time it'll be more uh, aimed at Ford as, you know, know, like, you know, first minister to to a leader of the opposition kind of thing. But, um, you know, I... I, I I am cautiously optimistic and we're going to we have go. one thing, one, a few early things is again, one, does she continue to really do the outreach to the party? Because I, I think in mm-hmm. almost in some ways, if she won a contest, like she should still do that. But like you have a mandate from the membership. Now she has to work. Yeah, she, a, she has to, to work she a little bit ha- harder, I think, to kind of win some people over um, Two, mm-hmm. we're going to have to see what her uh, her cabinet looks like, her, her shadow cabinet and her leadership mm-hmm. team. Like, that could be indicative. What does she do there? Like, you know, where are the quote-unquote left voices in the party? Are they given really prominent spots? Are they on the front bench? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, for example, and I, look, one, one, one decision alone does not make it. You have to look at the, at the whole field. But like, for example, what role does Joel Harden play in her leadership? Is he given a spot of prominence? If he's given a spot of prominence, that's a signal to me, at least, that she's going to take the left, not as a kind of opposition within the party, but as a key cog to victory. And that she also recognizes Joel's, 
you know, skills as an organizer and, and, and the man that got literally more votes than any individual candidate in this entire province. Yeah. Like not just NDP, mm. like no, no other MPP wow. got more individual votes. I don't know if he had the highest percentage, but I think through a mixture of the fact that maybe Ottawa center had higher than average turnout and he won pretty big. He got more individual votes than any other MPP. Right. So, wow. you know, so if, if for example, you know, people like Joel are front and center in the leadership team, that's a good sign. Um, and also, and this is, could be a ways away, it's like, you know, the first platform and things like that. But do we start seeing her release policy pieces maybe a bit by bit, right? I know at first her main goal is going to be, you know, get the party organized, build her team, and oppose Ford, right? You know, that's got to be the immediate yeah. goal. And, and, and cement yourself as the champion of the anti-Ford voters uh, because you have an opportunity now. One one opportunity here, and we'll talk a little bit about this, I think, to maybe to finish up, is that the Liberals are going to have a leadership race too, and whether they have a race or there's one per we don't know, but they don't have a leader right now. Uh, and so, uh, you know, you're kind of lucky. There's there's Shriner from the Greens, but he's you know he's <laughs> well well respected, but it, it's he's got it's him right. He's not really a party. He's an yeah. individual, and you have the Liberals without a leader, and so you maintain this spot where the official opposition is the only organized opposition. In, in Queen's Park. And so you have to seize that opportunity. And I think that one thing she yeah. needs to do uh, is is very quickly become like the face of everything anti-Ford. It might not ultimately yeah. pay off at the end, but like, remember how like Mulcair, say what you will about him, fucking dragged Stephen Harper in, in question period and out of question period for we like, saw his beard a yeah, lot on TV, for like man. Four he years, was always right? there. And just fought, bullied that 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 robot motherfucker, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. and then didn't ultimately get the payoff himself, but you know, like, you know, and then ended up being an even bigger jerk than we thought he was in the intervening years. But but you know, she needs to do that work of like, I am your champion against Doug Ford. Right? Mm -hmm. And we're And I think she could think like, she like could. she's been doing it. And she has the bona fides that she can go into that position almost immediately. And I think she wants to. Like, she sees with her, her background in education and her work at the TDSB, even as trustee over there, she's seen, she's seen what the education system is like in Toronto and just at large in the province and knows how these kids are being not only left behind, but, like, victimized by the policies of the Conservative Party. And I agree with you completely. If she came out hard, if we saw her face every single day as Ford continues to just slowly slough into a, like, old fat mob boss <laughs> in the choices he makes as Premier, it becomes almost more laughably oh, yeah. a, a crony capitalist. Like, I do think that that will, like you said, maybe kill the Liberal Party here in Ontario forever, quote unquote, in, in some quotes there, and make everyone at least accept that the NDP is the opposition. They're the only ones that can. So I maybe that yeah. you know had something to do with this choice. They didn't want to have a big, long debate about this. They wanted to get right into it. Yeah. So if she comes out strong... I still think that was a you know, mistake. I'd be but supporting like, her. You know, if that's a silver lining, it's like if, yeah. if she was... If that happens. Yeah. If that and happens, like, right? Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. Like, you know, but like, I definitely think that's a... That's a positive. Yeah. So, I mean, look, look uh, we wish Merritt well. Uh, one, she's always welcome. We were going to actually reach out once we had a sense of the field. We were going to reach out yeah. to all of the candidates <laughs> and and organize a, you know, a, not a debate, but like a speak, like a uh, like a speaking yeah. series, like a guest series, if you will. We had some content planned, folks. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah, but, but, they, but they crown a king, still, yeah, a queen, excuse yeah. me. So she's still welcome on the show to discuss her priorities and maybe assuage some of the concerns people have, uh, we'll, we'll, re we'll be sure to reach out to her, but no, I think, uh, Absolutely. yeah, so I I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, you know, D I mean, Doug Ford's going to fucking ruin so many lives in the next couple of, so I'm not optimistic about that, but I do, I yeah. do think she, she has the potential to be premier. I do. These times call for someone who will call out, this like criminal activity and it, it's not going to be the liberal party. You know, Mike Schreiner, a green party leader is just one dude trying to push it. And I think he does a lot of good things a lot of the time, but it's going to have to be the NDP and yeah. we got merit styles. So yeah. let's make sure she does. Then let's see if she actually does just yeah. quickly before we finish up for today. Christo, I don't know what it is about 
Mikey Schreiner, but he seems to be one of the most popular politicians yeah, heard, in Ontario. Yeah, we saw these the, the very interesting. Everybody wants him, it yeah, seems, yeah, right? The, the most eligible bachelor uh, in at Queen's Certainly. Park, apparently. Political so bachelor. What are we talking I don't know if he's married here? or not. I actually don't know. <laughs> I'm, I, I think yeah. he is. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, apparently there was uh, some reporting from the Toronto Star that the Liberal Party wanted to draft him to become the next Ontario Liberal leader, where he would effectively leave the Ontario Greens and join the Liberal Party and, and, and sort of, I don't know if they were going to coronate him or make him run. Now, oh, I, like, now, I will specify that this got a lot of buzz, but it seems to be like individual Liberal members. Yeah. And not necessarily meaning that these are uninfluential people. They could be party activists that have sway and connections and all of that. They might not just be random people on Twitter, but like we're not talking about like, you know, the uh, people at the Liberal Party office or, you know, uh, members of the caucus or he's getting a call from Kathleen Wynne, who's like retired. You know, she's not in the park, but, you know, yeah, yeah. he said himself, there's no one. Exactly. From but, the, but there that, was this rumor that, that like that. some NDPers wanted him to run for the NDP leadership. I find that less believable because I, I mean, yeah. I, I get a sense from Mike that he's he's I think he's not a right wing guy, but I don't I think like he's closer to the liberals ideal ideologically than he is the Greens. I, that's my sense. Uh, Christo, I got to tell you about Guelph. Yeah. Like as much as we want to drape ourselves in the progressivism. It's kind of like a, of, it's like a, it's a historic, it's, it's a liberals it, before it started electing greens. Absolutely. It's a liberal city. Yeah. hundred percent. It is a, it is a crunchy to, it is definitely not anti-capitalist. It is a progressive yeah. crunchy to, and those pipelines, the PPC are, you got to be careful even here in Guelph. So I don't think shrine like the green party here in Ontario, at least with him as the leader is not the, you know, we talked last week. It's not eco-socialism. That's just not what it is. That's not what he's saying. That's not what he believes in. But he is, you know, willing to say and do things for, you know, the environment that definitely even the Liberal Party might not be comfortable with. But I would say, based on what he's uh, said so far in his career, that he would not make a very good NDP leader. No. I just, it's not, no. it's not the he tie might make in a there. Good liberal leader. Honestly, that yeah, yeah. he might make a good like. Uh, look, I remember like Sean, he was killer in the debates. Yeah, if you he had to, he was the very one that had the debates. fire. Uh, he's he's often voted good, but I still remember his very first vote at Queens Park back in 2018 oh, yeah. was to was to was to break the York QPs, like the QP uh, teaching assistants and the sessionals. The a lot of the academic workers yeah. were on strike. I, I believe it was at York, uh, and there were QP members. Uh, you know, like like the QP members that have just kind of been fighting for basic dignity at the at the at the school boards. These were people mm -hmm. fighting for basic dignity at the at the universities. Um, some of the most important yet underpaid and exploited workers in the entire education system, much like the the workers we saw at the at, at QP at the school like the school board level. Um, and Schreiner's first vote was to legislate those people back to work. And he was joined, of course, by the Ford, the Ford majority. And I believe by the liberal caucus as well. I mean, their votes were largely irrelevant in that sense because Ford, Ford mm -hmm. had a majority. But, uh, you know, everybody but the NDP unified as their first, you know, act of bi tripartisanship uh, to to crush workers. <laughs> so that always left a bad taste in my mouth. But I definitely think that that's interesting. The fact that, you know... <laughs> The, the biggest buzz I've seen for a potential liberal candidate was the green guy. I don't know yeah. if that, that that's necessarily the, the buzz the liberal party wants. Like, I know that there there's a lot of people that may end up running, like Mitzi Hunter. I've heard, like, Mayor Crombie, Bonnie Crombie might run. You know, oh, I, wow. don't, I don't know, right? You know, the, the, uh, uh, Ted Shu, the new MPP from, from Kingston, who used to be a federal liberal MP, He's mentioned that he's interested in running but hasn't committed. Um, uh, uh, Erskine Smith, who is a federal MP from Beaches East York, has said he's considering running, but he hasn't made a decision. But he has, you know, he he said, I, I am I am openly looking into it. So there's lots of people that are considering running. So it's weird that like this, there's all of a sudden there's this buzz for 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 the 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 leader of the of a of the smallest party in the legislature. And again, a lot of people have respect for Schreiner and. It was very clear that at least in those de in that debate, he was the best on th on the stage. I, I think I, yeah. I don't think there's really much to debate there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, I maybe that's less than ideal. I mean, 
there was never really like draft Mike Schreiner from any NDP or I saw like there was a lot of like we need to get Joel running we need to get Matthew Green to consider running like we need to you know we need a we need a we need Joel Andrews to run we need Laura May Lindo to run some you know there's a, we you, there's a lot of people that they wanted to see run ultimately none of them did except for Merritt Styles but it's very different than wanting to draft someone from a totally different party um, yeah but, yeah. I mean, this is where we're at, right? The the opposition parties are sort of disorganized right now. And that's one of the reasons Ford's been able to get away with things. And now that time for the NDP is to, to fully get organized and, and put the screws to Doug Ford. Um, because the... Because no one else no will. One else will. No yeah. one else will. Well, I mean, in Parliament, right? getting in worse. Parliament, right? Like, in I Parliament, mean, people, certainly. Yeah, yeah, people, say yeah. that. You're right. Like, no one else in politics will. No. I still remember the Liberals. Yeah. And again, it's not like they supported Doug Ford's use of the notwithstanding clause. But I remember their first press conference where their interim leader basically said, like, his his issue with it was the was the, was the the process. Yeah. Right? And I get yeah. it. I get, I, 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 look, I'm not going to be fully cynical. I get what he's saying. That, in a sense, regular back-to-work legislation... Um, which may or may not be unconstitutional depending on the specificity because the, the charter does include the right to strike, but no charter right is absolute. So uh, back-to-work legislation can be determined by courts to be constitutional in certain cases, in certain circumstances. Uh, but a preemptive use like this where you know it's going to be unconstitutional, you know, but the point was like they're focusing on the process when in reality the big thing is workers are losing their rights and workers deserve better conditions and better pay, and so do our children. Um, and and that you know, I don't know. I definitely think that's no. where it's going to be. And I do think that, given that education is such a central part of this fight, uh, merit with a long history in education and a long history as a, a, a as the critic of the file is well placed. So maybe on that we can uh, close on some optimism. Yes, let's do that for once. We'll take this lemons, we'll make some lemonade, and we'll see. You know, we'll see at the end of this year or into the new year, especially if, you know, some of the more dastardly reports of what's going to be happening with COVID over these holidays, as we've known for the last several years, comes up and and how Ford is going to fuck up when it comes to protecting Ontario children. You know, there was that story, I think it was from a couple days ago, that the the Red Cross is perhaps set to help an Ontario children. We got a lot to talk about there, yeah. Like, like it, it is. It's like heart. It's heartwarming. not good. <laughs> Edu- uh, heartwarming. Fucking healthcare system fails, and like you know. So we. Oh yeah. All, yeah, you know, like all these stories, right? It's like heartwarming. Child sells lemonade for brain tumor surgery, mm-hmm. right? Like you know what I mean? Like these fucking stories. It's yeah. kind of like that, where he's like, "Oh yeah, there's communities coming together there, bud," right? And it's like, <sighs> geez, you know, Jesus fucking Christ. Like yeah, look, look. I don't the begrudge, service that goes to war zones. Like, I don't begrudge, you know the service yeah. that goes to those yeah, places. Like, I mean, I don't begrudge like individual hospitals for taking help if they need it. Of course, right? Like, of course not. But like, this is not something to celebrate. Like, this is a, that's a, that's yeah. an embarrassment to to the premier and to his health minister and to his entire government and to everyone. Well, well so yes, we'll, yeah, we had the all. optimism. I did. I, I had yeah, you yeah, had exactly. that optimism, yeah, Christo, man, I and know, I just look, sorry about that. No, look, we didn't deserve optimism right now. This province is too messy. <laughs> we're gonna end yeah. it there, folks. We'll see you next week. Yeah.